Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is Andrew Lockhart, the co-founder and CEO at Fathom. Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Jared. Excited to have you here. Let's dive right into it. If you could tell the audience a little bit about your background, I know they'd love to hear that. Yeah, so background-wise, um, I might be the worst candidate uh, to start a medical coding AI company you can imagine in that I have no computer science background. I'm actually Canadian, so I don't know that much. Well, didn't know much about the healthcare system um, and didn't really know what medical coding was up until about six months before we started Fathom. Um, prior to starting Fathom, I'd been a serial entrepreneur. I'd been starting companies my entire life. Um, I'd come out to Stanford for business school and also to get immersed in the tech ecosystem. Prior to that, um, yeah, I'd been starting companies, but my background had been primarily as a designer. Um, and so, uh, you know, the what I realized is that through some design projects I had worked on before coming out of the business school is that I found the U.S. healthcare system to be endlessly fascinating and complex. Um, just the layers of dimensionality, um, the number of problems to be solved, the sheer scale uh, is daunting, but also very exciting um, to me. And uh, I, after finishing my MBA at Stanford, I'd started a couple companies um, in the natural language processing domain, had not had the courage to venture into healthcare. And finally, um, you know, we, my co-founder and I sort of decided to jump in with both feet. And actually the funny thing and interesting thing about Fathom is we started out as a completely different business. Uh, we were an on-demand pharmacy, uh, which we very quickly realized, um, would never become a true tech business. Um, looked a lot like your direct-to-consumer e-commerce businesses with some maybe some additional regulatory hurdles, but we didn't feel we were the people to build that company. Uh, and so we course corrected. And at the time, uh, my co-founder, Chris, he really had the insight uh, to uh, that the intersection of deep learning and natural language processing was about to become very exciting. Uh, we were probably a couple of years early on that thesis, but you know, healthcare takes a long time to come to fruition. And so it ended up making sense. Uh, and then fast forward today, we're now supporting, you know, some of the largest revenue cycle operations in the country. Uh, we probably handle about 15% of all emergency department cases in the country today. Um, any Anything I missed? Anything you would like to dive into there? That's impressive. No, you you explained everything perfectly. Uh you uh you sold yourself short for saying you're uh you're canadian and uh you probably weren't the best candidate because you had unique experiences that you know although maybe in the early days didn't directly correlate to like starting a company like this that still played in really well to you know what you've built today when when we talk about you know what you what you've built um i'd love for you to highlight some of the the revenue cycle management kind of market challenges that maybe exists when you started and still exists today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'd say the revenue cycle uh, market writ large is still enormously challenged. It's people-powered, um, and maybe to unpack what I mean, my revenue cycle is, you know, whenever someone ends up in some sort of care setting, 
you know, how does everyone get paid and, you know, including, you know, how does the patient pay their copay? How does insurance end to end it is still basically stuck in the seventies and still holds um, a lot of, you know, yeah, it has about 12 steps end to end, and it really should be three. The, the technology is now here today where I think we're going to see massive transformation. Um, but it is, it remains very archaic, but you know, you take something like Fathom, which essentially for those that don't, aren't you know, familiar medical coding, what it is codifying the language that physicians and nurses use to describe what happened in the care setting into the codes necessary for reimbursement. Um, the thing that has me very fired up about Fathom in the long term is I think it has the ability to abstract away that entire revenue cycle process. So like 15 cents on every dollar in the U.S. healthcare system, some people estimate more, some people a little less, is spent on administrative costs. You know, I think a technology like Fathom um, at scale has the potential to like knock out 10 cents. Super interesting. And you have, you know, you... So Fathom claims to have fast and easy implementation of uh, AI medical coding. Talk us through what that means. Uh, in terms of AI, right, uh, AI in healthcare has been discussed and has been implemented over you know the last several and many years, even before that. But just overall population, it seems like it's been talked about way more today with like chat GPT, right? Like you go up to a random person on the street, they know. Talk us through your AI medical coding process, like how how this all works. Um, I know our audience would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, building Fathom was a real journey because basically the approach we've taken to medical coding automation is deep learning. And the underlying premise of deep learning is that you throw a whole bunch of data, you know, at basically compute power, supercomputers or cloud computing um, with a question and an answer. And then it learns to generate the answers itself. It, it effectively writes all those rules. So historically, most kind of NLP automation stuff, you had huge teams of analysts trying to figure out how to write enough rules to capture basically all the different ways, you know, the tens of thousands of providers in the country might describe tens of thousands of diagnosis codes, um, which is an impossible problem. Uh, and really the only way to truly solve it is deep learning. And the hard thing about that is you need an enormous amount of data. And really the early years of Fathom were very much uh, Charlie Brown kicking the football and that me finding someone who would be willing to work with us, send us a lot of data and we turn out, oh, it's not enough. It's not enough. Um, and fortunately, we were able to partner with some very large organizations uh, that were able to essentially, you know, I call them like physician groups, billing companies, aggregators that had this sheer quantity of data that would basically, you know, supply the engine with the data it needed to basically explore all the nuances of these codes. Thank you so much for, for giving us some more info on that. And when we look at the, you know, you told earlier in the conversation, you talked about the market challenges, right, that existed in the beginning days and what still exists today. What's, when you look at the, the state of AI medical coding, you know, um, throughout the industry today, what's the current state of that? And what do you see, I guess, how do you see that continuing to evolve? I, I know you mentioned what you would like to see happen in the future. 
So I'd love to hear more around, you know, what you envision happening, let's say in the next like three to five years. Yeah. I mean, the very easy starting point is just what Fathom automates medical coding is experiencing a very pronounced labor shortage. Um, so medical coding today is either performed by the nurse or doctor themselves, which is frankly a terrible scenario because they're very expensive people and you're having them do a job that they're not particularly good at and they don't like uh, in an environment where you know, provider burnout is a very real thing. And then there's another group of folks, about 140,000 folks that support the U.S. healthcare system who are specialized medical coders. Um, both both populations are in extremely short labor supply. So what we're beginning to see is health systems coming to us that are telling us, you know, they're they're not able to send claims out the door um, till, you know, 35, 40 days after the visit just because they don't have people to do the work, uh, which in a world of rising interest rates uh, and frankly, like, you know, the financial situations of most health systems have gotten much more difficult post pan, you know, throughout the pandemic, this has become really challenging. And so what I, what I expect to see is that, um, you know, over the next three, four or five years, you know, AI is going to be performing, I'd call it certainly 90 to 95% of outpatient coding. Um, at the end of the day, it just, you know, makes sense. The very interesting thing in our journey with Fathom is when we got started, we felt we could build a system that could be just as good as people, obviously be a lot less expensive uh, and faster. Um, you know, the state of the art and underlying technology that powers Fathom and you know, similar companies has gotten so good that, you know, not only is it less expensive and faster, it's actually much better um, and, you know, higher quality coding results not just in, uh, you know, fewer denials, um, which are expensive to deal with and oftentimes, you know, just account for lost revenue, um, but also actually more revenue pickup um, because the system is more systematically identifying all the underlying code. So, if, you know, if you have folks in say, you know, a, uh, a sort of risk-based contracts, um, catching each end ICD code is an, is enormously powerful leverage. Another thing we often see is like a physician might document a procedure they performed in a strange place in the EHR that coder might not be used to looking, but the AI is going to spot that and make sure that code's captured. And in terms of what you're excited about and what's next for Fathom, what can you share with us here today? That I know there's certain things you probably can't share, but what can you tell us that's exciting you in terms of what's next? I mean, really it's, you know, it's funny because candidates ask me and they're like, oh, like, what is the big thing we're doing? Um, and it sounds sort of unimaginative, but it's just like more of what we're doing. So higher automation rates, broader specialty coverage, uh, you know, probably by middle of this year, if you take the average health system, Fathom will be able to code almost 80% of outpatient encounters autonomously. Uh, and just the scale of the potential impact of that is enormous. One of the reasons why uh, when my co-founder and I pivoted um, from the pharmacy to where we are, we specifically decided to tackle the administrative side because we felt like the clinical side is very difficult to scale because those in care environments are very idiosyncratic. But 
the administrative side, because it's largely normalized by essentially CMS, there's opportunities to like have massive impact and scale very quickly. And that's really what I'm excited to see play out. Well, Andrew, I want to thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast here today, sharing your story, telling us about Fathom and excited to see how it continues to evolve. Hopefully we can have you come back on again in the near future, maybe get you on a panel and, and talk more about this, but really appreciate you being a guest. Anytime, Jared. It was a pleasure.